Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jared All. With me, as always, Connor Holskamp. Hello. And joining us again, trying not to screw things up behind the producer <laughs> chair, Tyler Walgie. Uh, how's it going, guys? He has not been very successful so far, guys. Back I'm from just- Vegas. I, all my good luck was used up before Vegas and in Vegas. So, I mean, look. Things are going to even out eventually, right? I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess. yeah. yeah. And, and and I do, kid. Tyler does things back there that uh, Connor and I have no idea what we're doing. Case in point, uh, last week, Tyler was in Vegas, as he mentioned, and Connor and I were put in charge of making the show happen and led to technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, so for anyone out there who was looking for the show last week... Things got a little oh, sideways. We, we did record it. Yeah, we actually did record <laughs> a show. It was great. We felt good about it. Yeah. And then uh, it, it sounded like some funky things going on. You know what I think? I actually have my own conspiracy theory. And I think that what happened was you guys, Ham, we got a little sound for this. Perfect. Ooh. Perfect. I think what happened was you guys are coming off a bad week against me in the Twitter poll in the all-time oh, in the here Denver, we go. in the in the Denver top 4 head coaches, right? I school you guys in these debates we have a couple weeks ago. I'm out of town, suddenly magically something happens technically and the audio can't come out. Mm. And I coincidentally, just for the audience, I recorded some audio. They played on the show where I was gloating a little bit, taking my victory lap, and and all of a sudden coincidentally the show didn't air. So I think what happened was you guys didn't want to face the reality of what you were going to face with Jared Bedner. Both you guys had him as the number one head coach. Clearly that shouldn't be the case in Colorado. <laughs> And then the Twitter poll as well. So look, it was look at this guy clearly over uh, here. Yeah, okay. We'll get to that in a second okay. there, Tyler. I will give you your due on this poll. Uh, for those of you out there who went on at Red Rock Sports 1, found us, voted on this. We had 17 votes altogether. Tyler took a whopping 58% of the votes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not so, good for us. First of all, give us a follow on Twitter at Red Rock Sports 1. And we're trying to grow that. You know, it, it's... Uh, it's it, it's fun doing these polls and getting everyone involved, seeing what they think. And it wasn't even close. Yeah, I ran away with it. Yeah, I got the it, majority of the vote. So you know what I think did it for you? You guys picked up a whole bunch of the scraps. Yeah, you for know, those so. who didn't listen previously, the poll was, uh, we, we on our show a few weeks back, we gave each gave our best five jerseys of all time in Denver. And then we put it out on Twitter for you guys to vote on who who we thought that was the best. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think Connor's on to something. I, I think I know what got it for you. That's oh, what's what I, that? I think that that, uh, that deep poll you made with the Colorado Rockies hockey uniform, uh, I think made your stand out. And I and that's my uh, that's my See, I think it goes beyond that though. It goes beyond that. It's you went you went almost full retro. Right. And that is a fad right now. And, it, and at the risk of insulting more fans who obviously don't agree with the most part anyways, uh, you know, you're just following the trend. Guys, you're kind of going hipster on If you, you want to, I'm quoting the great Danny DeVito from uh, an episode of Always Sunny. If you want to win an award, you got to play the game. Okay? Mm. I, I knew what, what what was going on here. I'm going to, yeah, so see, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not selling out for the votes, no, let me, but... You know what? Let my me, jerseys that sounds cl- like a sellout my jerseys, to me. My jerseys were clearly the best jerseys, and the, and the vote said so. Yeah, the hockey one was up there, but how did you guys not have that the Colorado Rockies hockey jersey on there anyway? How's that not in your top five? So, yeah, you may call me out for the well, retro, well, but well. you guys had every opportunity to put those jerseys in, too. Well. Look, just give me my round of applause. Okay, hey. Say, hey. Say, Tyler... 
you whooped us all around the gym. You know, it was it was a, a I, I sweep. The, uh, it was a four zero sweep. The sample size was uh, not sufficient we'll enough. See. I think. We'll see. You know, I might have to uh, take our uh, graphics and put it onto a Reddit poll, which where we get you know thousands of our responses. I love that. I absolutely see, see love what that. happens. Okay, so that was the first rematch. Thing. So that was the rematch, first thing I was baby. gloating about last week, uh-huh. rightly so, because yes. we actually have numbers for it. Wait, can I just add that you were gloating on a one way recording? <laughs> no, this is what's the best. The best part yes. about not. Uh, having last week's shows uh-huh. come out is now we get a chance to right. rebuke and rebuttal what you have to yeah, say. Basically just had to sit there for four minutes while Tyler over here just, <laughs> you know, just flogged us so with, look. with, uh, so, so that was one thing I kicked your guys booties on that. I know we're trying mm-hmm. to keep the language kid friendly on here. So yeah. I whooped you guys on that. And then the other thing we had a debate a couple weeks ago of, the ranking of the coaches in Denver, the top four major sports, football, basketball, hockey, uh, hockey and uh, 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 I keep wanting to say soccer because I bet soccer all the time, uh, basketball. And so we ranked the coaches. Uh, you guys had Bedner number one, Michael Malone, number two. You guys both had actually uh, Bud Black, number uh, four, and uh, Vic Fangio, number three, right? I did it out of order, but Fangio, three. That's correct. But I will add that I had... Uh Michael Malone and Jared Bednar to me were one A one B like you could interchange them. You had Jared Bednar ahead. Of I him. did, I did, and I still do. I still do. And for so the record, my point is after that, it's even more clear to me now than it was when we had that conversation two three weeks ago that the best coach in Denver is Michael Malone because if if the Nuggets were excuse me if the Avs were as injured as the Nuggets were and going through all the nonsense that that the Nuggets had to deal with this this postseason. Everybody would be giving Jared Bednar an excuse, a pass. Oh, well, you know, injuries. No one seems to be doing that for if, Michael Malone. Ifs and buds and this, were candy and nuts. And this was one example as to, yes, Jared Bednar's a good coach, but he blew it this season. This was one of the best Avs teams to lose in a long time. And I just don't think a Michael Malone coach in the NHL would have ever let that happen. Mm-hmm. So I think it's clear now, more than it was a couple weeks ago, Michael Malone won, Jared Bednar two, and I've got Bud Black three, Vic Fangio four. What What about Michael Malone that you saw in this playoffs makes you think, oh my God, he he really, really outcoached somebody in this game? Nothing. Yes, I agree that Jared Bednar got outcoached in that series. The Az also got outplayed. They were not in any of those hey, games, and that's not on him. I'm not about to sit here and say it was a good playoff run for Malone, or at least the the, the second round wasn't great for Michael Malone. That was Malone. embarrassing. I getting know. swept. I understand that. And, and, and Calling it didn't out look your good. players for yeah, effort. Week after, or Still, game after though, game. That, that's not, uh, I mean, you could argue that's a coaching tactic, but Michael Malone's done that before. That's kind of his MO. You know, he calls players out, but they always respond. They've always responded in the past well, in Sacramento they, they here didn't in Denver. in this series. But let me ask you guys a question. You know how I do my rankings for... Uh, players and positions, I don't have coach rankings. There's not a great way to do that because I believe that a coach's rankings or a coach's stats are largely based on the team. I mean, if you take Bill Belichick right now and put him on the Lions, I don't think he's going to get that many wins. If you put him on the the 49ers or even like the or the maybe the Rams, he's going to get 11, 12, 13 wins. So I think it matters who's around you in terms of what's going on. But still, I mean, if, if you make a list one through four I, I think malone's number one so well regardless of what way anyone out there has them ranked both teams are now sitting at home off for the season 
Yeah. Done. By the way, I'm sorry to cut you. I, I remembered where I was, what I was doing with that. Oh, the, where, where do you guys think each coach, because the, the rankings, right? We don't have rankings. Where do you think each coach would be in the rankings in each individual sport? Where is Michael Malone in the NBA rankings of coaches? And where is Jared Bednar in the NHL rankings of coaches? I think Michael Malone is a lot higher than Jared Bednar is. I can think of seven, eight coaches right now that I would much rather, not much rather, but that I would be thrilled to have on the bench rather than Bednar. I can think of maybe three or four in the NBA that I'd rather have instead of Michael Malone. So within their own sports, I think Michael Malone would be ranked higher. What do you guys think? I I think they're both, honestly, and this is kind of what uh, we had said last week in the the lost tape. Can we just call it the lost tape? I like that. Yeah. Just wait till that one leaks at some point. uh, It's a little Indiana Jonesy to me. (laughs) It is, it is. (laughs) Maybe getting down some copyright issues. That lost tape, uh, you know, something that that I had mentioned there is I, I think they're both tremendous coaches. So so really, uh, it, to me, it really seems like splitting hairs, like saying which one's better, which one's worse. I and especially when you're trying to compare across sports. Right. right. But I still put Jared Bednar one a um, and so wait, to answer your question first, before I make this point, um, I would put both of them in in like the top five in, in their respective sport, right? I think you could make a really good argument that they are both a top five coach, okay? Right now, currently, and to your point, Tyler, a lot of that does depend on your players, right? I mean, yeah. um, you can't shine as a coach. You can't even like show that you're doing well as a coach without winning, and, and that doesn't happen without players. And so, uh, you know, obviously, maybe some of this is overstated, but I just look at the job Jared Bednar has done taking a historically bad avalanche team like not just a bad avalanche team but a historically bad avalanche team one of i mean what is it the worst team in franchise history i mean one of the worst so when you, when, you, when you say historically bad you're not saying this was a terrible franchise you're saying those couple years were so bad then he came in right he, okay. he took a team that had what was, was it the lowest amount of points in they the, were in bad i'm not season. sure I mean, the stats. Was, they were bad they're very very right. bad and, and and then to just you know obviously i joe sackick deserves exactly, a ton of credit I think the front office um, gets a little well, he does he gets this. tons of credit but you know what when you are the coach you are the coach the person on the seat right fair or not fair you get a big portion of the blame when your team fails and and jared bednar may be approaching that area we we you know where maybe hey it's time to expect a little bit more but you also get some of the credit right when when you do well and so when you help you are a piece of taking a very bad hockey team to the very top i think you deserve a ton of credit i do not think one series against the the vegas golden knights is enough to dethrone him off that position for me but you know i I guess we'll have to wait and see next year well and if you look at what jared bednar did over the course of the last three or four years he had teams that were outperforming where they should have been, which is why now you see, I think it's three years in a row, they've gone out in the second round. Everyone's getting hung up on that. But you really look at that team two years ago, really had no business making it there to begin with. So I think this is the first year where you look at it and go, wow, they truly but I underperformed know. expectations. I don't know. Two years ago, when we were so, when the Avs were so young, it reminds me of that Golden State Warriors team that beat the Nuggets when the Nugs were the three, they were the six. And it's exactly what it was ago. like. Yeah, but, but when the Avs had that young team, I think that... They were outperforming what a lot of people thought they should have been, but we're talking world-class all-stars that were playing together. So I don't know about those low expectations back then, but we've seen Michael Malone succeed with, well, succeed. He turned that that Sacramento team into 
playoff team several years. So we've seen Jared Bender do it with Colorado, and I think a lot of it was the front office. But we've seen Jared or Michael Malone do it with several teams. Well, and I think and, we're like I said. I think right. you're splitting. I think they're okay. both tremendous. Yeah, coaches, I agree. So. I agree. I just can't believe that we don't agree that Vic Fangio's last, especially since I recently. This is a, a Tyler Walge uh, TM classic copyright. This is my new theme music for Vic Fangio when he's out on the field. This is just what I feel like is playing in his headset in between plays. All right, uh, you know, or he's calling plays or something like that. All right, let's run uh, whatever it would be. XY banana split to Omaha. Omaha, exactly. So this is my new theme. So whenever we talk about Vic, I hope it's okay if I... Hey, you it do you. It's a fun element to it. I like that. You do you. I still put mm-hmm. Buddy Black, and I like Buddy Black like as as a guy. Like he he seems like he's pretty genuine. What I like guy. listening to him talk, but uh, I just don't think with the results you could possibly. I mean, he, he he the Rockies have just been so bad. And and actually, to your point, Tyler, yeah. the Rockies have vastly underperformed. I mean, the, you Boy, could that argue... that was a passionate vastly. Oh, man. We're, we're going to have to... You know what we should do? We're going to clip that audio oh, and good. use it. Oh, good. Vastly. Good, because you know what? That was just... Uh, there was so much passion. <laughs> right, I, get, I get what you're saying, Cody. Uh, we don't need to have this discussion You again. could argue that saying. Nolan Arenado is gone because of how bad that team underperformed. Uh, they, they went to... The, as one of the better offensive teams, they go to Milwaukee, and they literally cannot hit anything. I think Arenado's gone because the front office wouldn't put people around him. Uh, we're getting down too. another path yeah let's, you let's guys are you guys the, are just really on it, one today yeah, aren't yeah. you it's just it's that week off vibe you it know is. My, i tell you what man vegas did something to hey me. you know when, when tyler comes in hot just spitting venom yeah, out it us. is it's I hard gotta, to he ruffles my i got a large a black you know, coffee get, from well, uh, I think starbucks pa- i think part of the issue though too is it's it's actually been kind of a quiet week or two around here since you know the 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 nuggets and avalanche are no longer in the playoffs and so it's a lot of uh pent up energy and emotion no, yeah. that I think it's gonna be is like not a, getting released right now. In a month, it's going to be even worse. In the offseason, it's just Rockies. At least now, we're on the heels of playoffs. Do you guys continue to follow? Have you followed the, the NBA and NHL playoffs at all since the your teams are out? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I know. Fe- oh, yeah, professional sure. sports better. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I would imagine. Hey, you got to hey, stay tuned a little Tyler bit. Tyler here, you want to bet on who loses their job first, Buddy Black or Vic Fangio? I will take that Vic Fangio. Oh, that's, take ooh, that that's Black a good one. I like loses. that. And his but, job before. So you think Bud Black loses his job yep. first? Vic Fangio will outlast Buddy Black. But see, the question is, do they clean house with the Rockies mm. at any point? Because Bud Black would be part of that cleaning house if well, not. Well, same as see, the Broncos, I, really. They're kind of in a similar situation. Yeah, they, they are in a similar situation. And if they were going to do anything to Bud Black, I mean, I don't think that there's any talk of them firing him, firing him at the end of the year. Do you, have you heard anything? I I mean, there's certainly nothing that I've heard, um, but it, it, there is some logic to the idea of a new GM bringing in his his guys, his, his yeah, team. Exactly. So, a new GM, too, for the Broncos. So I think it's a pretty fair bet. Hey, you tell, let me know. I'm here. I'm here to stand on the rock. But, that I'm, but see, does Bud Black get kept on a year a la the way Vic Fangio has with Plus, the if they've got if they've got any Give him one sense, year to prove right, right. if anything, you it. might have a little edge here. If they yeah. got any sense you know? whatsoever, the front office will understand. Bud Black is a premier co- premier manager in baseball. You want to keep him, and Vic Fangio's a dope who's running some 1985 scheme. You want to get rid of him. So yeah, <laughs> look at this guy. Dude. I will uh, go ahead. Let's make it a bet. And right. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Vic getting fired first. Good. All right. All right. Everybody out there, witness. Yeah. 
I mean, hell, the guy may end up <laughs> some, well, I'm not going to say that, but. Okay, know. we did have a few <laughs> topics. Uh, actually, some fun things we do. As you can tell, we're all kind of on a little bit of a, a fun tangent today. We're going to play some games, have some fun. But I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, this is our first show since we didn't get a chance to come out last week. Our first show since both the Avalanche and Nuggets exited the playoffs. And I want to start first just talking a little bit about the Avalanche. So give me a, a kind of quick initial reaction. Obviously, we've had some time to decompress and, and process this. But Tyler, I know you specifically are a very avid hockey fan. Yes. Uh, you you obviously make yourself a living off of things with uh, you know betting on, on these games. What are your thoughts coming away from the Avs? Okay, so it, it, it's two different thoughts with the Avs, short-term, long-term. This season specifically, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Avs losing to the Knights. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, I thought Vegas was arguably the best team in the NHL. If not, they were certainly a top three team. This is one of the best teams, and they do well what the Avs do well. So two teams who mirror each other, elite coaches. We know Jared Bednar. We know uh, uh, Peter DeBoer, how good they can be. I mean, deep teams. We're, we're, we're talking two of the best teams maybe left in the playoffs. So losing this year to Vegas... I don't think we should be too hard on anyone on the Avs or any players or anything like that. But the fact that it's become a pattern and that this has now happened several years in a row where the Avs get into the playoffs and have a disappointing exit. We're not talking Stanley Cup losses. We're not talking Western Conference losses. We're talking early exits from the playoffs. And that does fall on, I think, Jared Bednar and this team. It's not just Bednar. And this goes into the whole coaching thing, but... Nathan McKinnon, after the game. Con uh, Con Connor, I think that uh, we posted on Twitter, right? The quote that McKinnon Yeah, had. yeah. I've been here nine years and haven't won donkey. And blank, exactly. <laughs> so it's on him too. I mean, it's on these players to get the job done. It's on the coaches. So it is disappointing that it's year after year and it's becoming a habit, you know? It's almost like if you have a, a son or daughter who... In, in school, they got an F on a test. Well, if they're an A-plus student... And they get one F, okay, wipe it off. Don't worry about it. But if it's the third F in a row in three weeks, okay, now we have something to worry about. Now it's becoming a pattern. Now it's becoming a habit. So I, I literally think this is agree so much with what you're saying yeah. right now. And like you, you know what it kind of uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of is, and I know this is a little bit of a apples and oranges. You know what you know. To quote a little Dicky, why can't apples and oranges be compared, right? Why can't fruit be compared? But anyway. I would say, yeah, more like apples and, and kiwis would there be. There we go. Because yeah, oranges something. and apples are Anyways, both regardless, mainstay It fruits. reminds me a little bit, a little bit of uh, <laughs> uh, the George Carl uh, teams with the Nuggets, you know, where they had all these expectations. They they were consistently winning 50-plus games, you know? I mean, they were winning. Uh, I, I hate to, to bring this show off another tangent, and we're not going to have a whole discussion, but I think that's so far from what we're seeing here. Yeah. The, the NBA is a sport to where the Nuggets came up against the Lakers with Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol so many years. It was, it was a, it was, we were showing up to a gunfight with a knife. That wasn't close. The NBA, for years, especially in the mid-2000s, it was three teams or bust. It, the, the, the Nuggets had no chance. Right, but, but getting the out of Avs, the first round, the, I think that they could have gotten the out Avs of the first round. But the Avs are that elite team. The Avs are the Lakers with Kobe and Powell. So that's the difference. It's not like the Avs are struggling to get there, fighting from behind. I think that's totally Well, they had the scoring champion. They had a uh, uh, second-team All-NBA player in Carmelo. They had, and I will say this, too. I mean, it got George Carl fired when he was the coach of the year. 
Yeah. He and won I, the coach I, and of the year. I disagree with that. I, I didn't so, you hit that. a you hit a tender spot there. But go on. I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean to make a whole thing. Just like I don't think that should be compared. Well, well, in terms of in terms of the the feeling that I think the fan base is getting, I think it's a very similar type feeling where you're just constantly kind of getting disappointed. Like you're coming into this thing with with higher expectations for the in the Nuggets case than a first round exit every year. Right. Exactly. But 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 in the same with 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 these abs right now, right? It's it's getting to that point where hey, all right, we get it. You you lost to a a, a really good um you, you know uh. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights team, like okay, that, that's fine. They're really good, but at some point when you got to break through. But when you're talking right? expectations, let me let me pose it this way: Next year, the Nuggets get the number one overall seed, and the Avs get the number one overall seed. Who are you more surprised and excited about? The Nuggets, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. that's that's how you answer the question. Yeah, that's a good way. It's the Nuggets. It's a good way of putting it. And I, the way I feel with this this series is is I agree with you, Tyler. It's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things for them to lose this way it's unfortunate they got stuck playing the Vegas Golden Knights who was arguably the best team in the NHL in the second round NHL failed in that whole regard in in allowing things like that to to, to work itself out we know how you feel about that yes exactly (laughs) again more tangents we don't need to hit today um but it's how they lost that series. And and that is a big, big issue. And I, the same to me goes for the Nuggets. And I understand with the Nuggets, they were decimated. Yeah. But to get swept in that series, and when you look at the way the Avalanche lost, they essentially got swept in this series yeah. as well. And I know we're going to get to the Nuggets right now coming up, but with the Avalanche, I think one thing to look for this offseason they don't need to add that many pieces. Keep pretty much what you've got. They're not going to go over the cap. Good young defenders coming back. What I want to see the Avs do is take the model that Vegas is doing. Go get another elite goalie behind Grubauer. Look what Vegas did. They got Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Marc-Andre Fleury gets hot, They and you just ride the hot goalie in the playoffs. He has a terrible game for whatever it was where he let the, the puck go between his legs, and Montreal ended up getting that easy goal. He pretty much single-handedly lost it for him. Then Vegas puts Leonard in, and they've got another top 10 goalie who can just come in and fill immediately. He lets one goal up in game of uh, four, and now it's 2-2. So if the Avs get another world-class goalie, that to me is that missing piece of this new modern hockey team where you need two great goalies once the playoffs come. Now, are you uh, calling Grubauer a world-class great goalie? Oh, yeah. And look, Grubauer got better throughout the season. Connor... Off the show before this show even started, we had different t- we had talks about goalie rankings and where Grubauer was. He was one of the only goalies who consistently got better throughout the year, and it's not like he was bad to start the season. So I'm really excited about Grubauer right now. He's clearly to me a top ten goalie, and okay. he had, he had a great playoff run. Yeah, I know when we started our talks, uh, kind of in the middle of the season, and you had him at 19, I believe, is where it, it was. It was slightly below average, you know, but. Yeah. And that was based on the, the stats. And I think but. Grubauer's issue has always been his health and his ability to be yeah. out there consistently. And obviously, so. your your you know best ability is availability. So but that's one thing that I'd love to see the Avs do: get another goalie. But boys, so. I will I will say this though: the Avalanche did disappoint. It's a different taste in my mouth than than these Nuggets. 
because you know like you said i mean uh it's uh i think i think it's a the spider-man quote right with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Toby McGuire. Uh, there you go. And so, <laughs> so I, I always love that quote, but, but it's, it, it rings true. I mean, it's, it's true in the sports world. When you have these expectations, you, you are a Stanley cup contender. You're looked at as the odds on favorite yeah, let, let, to win the Stanley cup. Let's quantify that because according to Las Vegas, the betting market at the beginning of the playoffs, the abs were the favorite about five to one. Six to one. Mm-hmm. You bet a hundred dollars, you win about six hundred back on the Avs. The Nuggets were twenty-five to one. Right. You bet that same hundred on the Nuggets, you win two thousand five hundred dollars. So, right. in terms of quantifying it, it wasn't even you, close. And, and the you, Avs could, were you could really say, being that both teams go out in the second round to arguably one of the best teams in in that has a chance to go win the championship. Yeah. How much more disappointing is this for the Avalanche? than it is for the Nuggets because, I mean, let's be honest, we all had high hopes. I think we thought it would be more competitive in this Nuggets series that they had a chance to win this series. I don't think anyone saw us getting swept, but, man, to see the Avalanche go out like that. You know, it's it's so much more disappointing. As we've said, and we can get off this, but as we've said, it's because they were so good. Number one overall seed, best seed in Vegas, and, yeah, they, just, now, they, they blew uh, it. But it, I'd be, I think it, also it's because the, the 7-1 loss, after, or the win against... Uh, right, that. After that 7-1 win game one, you're going... Oh, we're gonna—they're gonna, They're get gonna to roll right yep, through we're going to the cup, <laughs> right? So right? Yeah, you saw that—that's that, true. That just added a little extra flair to it, you know. Um, so I'd be curious too. Uh, maybe on a, a future show, we can you know have you back, Tyler, and talk a little bit about the expansion draft and what that might look for uh, for the Avs. Yeah, that's gonna be. Tough. Do you know the timeline on that at all, off the top of your head? Uh, no, no, I don't, but. And for those who might not know what I was talking about, the uh, Seattle Kraken, uh, I believe that's their name, right? Yeah, Seattle, Seattle Kraken, Kraken yeah. Uh, expansion team, NHL is adding a new team, and so they'll, of course, have an expansion draft where uh, they'll be able to pick it's from the crop of players from the NHL, and there's all these rules about how many players you can protect. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, maybe maybe have you on, Tyler, in, in a couple weeks, it's, see what's... Yeah, it's at the end of July. Yeah, end of July. So maybe, maybe we can have you on a couple weeks so. and see what you think... Uh, the, the the avalanche are going to well, do here's that. the thing you guys have to have me on because I, uh we're, we're uh, just to let everyone know there's going to be a new producer coming in to hopefully uh get me out of here and get things back on the right track but you guys oh, got it i don't have to listen exactly to your, i'm only going to be here probably one more week anymore. after this your one-sided but, rants but you guys got to have <laughs> me back on for two shows these are part of my specialties these are what i do the expansion draft definitely but yep. my one specialty in the year where i make my money and where I just thrive is the Nathan's hot dog eating contest on July fourth. Oh God! You gotta no, have me on to oh, talk oh, some for hot sure. dog well, eating we'll contest. Connor, hot dog. have you ever experienced this? I've <laughs> never actually been there live with Tyler, but oh yeah, no, oh, I've, I've get I've some serious. He's, he's very very it's, serious with the hot dog it's eating. It's intense. Now, In fact, he you. won me some money last yeah, year yeah. throwing out dishing out some advice. Now, there, now here's what I think we should do for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I think we should whip out those YouTube cameras and have a hot dog eating contest. I here bet in you studio. do because you would. You would <laughs> kill all of us. No, 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 no. I will take Connor no. on this. I will no. take this man down. Yeah, I can't. I would Let's have one. Let's do it. I, I would have like two and be full. I would want relish and sauerkraut okay. and, and mustard on mine. All right. What are you guys doing for the fourth? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it going. But, all right. Uh, yeah. All right. Have so, me on for those. Yeah. Switch gears. To yeah. Nuggets, so, huh? Yeah. Real quickly, let's touch Connor. I'm going to lean to you as the you basketball just, you just expert. Said, let's here. touch Connor. Let's touch Connor. Don't yeah. do that. I'm pretty sure you accidentally <laughs> just said it. So I got HR <laughs> coming at me now, yeah. and it's all on air. Yes. 
Um, Connor, how are you feeling, man? I know we we got a chance to kind of get a little off of our chest last week. So talk to me now. A couple weeks removed. How are you feeling about where the where the Nuggets ended up and how their prospects are looking as they're going forward? Uh, you know, it's uh, it was disappointing. Like you said, Jared, it, it's not the fact that they lost. It's how they lost. Um, it, it's getting swept. And I, I mean, Phoenix was, was clearly the better team. Um, the thing that kind of disappoints me is I look at that game and I seriously wonder if even Jamal Murray would have done much at all to to alter the outcome of that series. And, and I've kind of thought about this the last couple of weeks and, and I don't think it would have. I agree. I don't think it would. I mean, I think the Nuggets probably find a way to win. You know, I think, so I was thinking about it. I think game one, uh, the Nuggets had a lead late in the third quarter. Um, there was a big run at the very end of the third quarter, start of the fourth, uh, that put the the Nuggets down by double digits, and and the rest was history for that game one in Phoenix. I think that game uh, might have been the best chance that Jamal Murray would have would have made an actual difference that we would have won the game possibly. Um, you know, I, I think we were talking in the lost tape from last week. <laughs> I was talking a little bit to you about how. Uh, in those instances, right, uh, one one of the the underrated aspects that Jamal, a, a player like Jamal Murray, brings, especially if he plays anywhere near Bubble Murray from last year, is the uh, uh, ability to to hit big gutsy shots to stop those runs. You know, when, when your team is on a, you know, you're doing well, then all of a sudden, hey, you're on the road in a playoff game and and Phoenix is going, they're 10-0 run and hey, things are falling apart. You need a, a, a guy with ice in his veins, like Jamal Murray, to step up and drill a huge three just to just to kind of make him make him call a timeout, if nothing else, right? Um, I think that was missing a little and, bit, and I think that's certainly too much to put on a guy like Michael Porter Jr. in essentially his second year. I think what twenty one years old or whatever he is. Yeah, but yeah. that he he wasn't that for the Nuggets. I he mean, wasn't. that's what they needed, and he he came up flat in this series. But in his playoffs altogether. It's not just the fact that Jamal was gone. It's a domino effect. When he's in, yep. other things happen. He makes people better. And it's his defense we're missing. We always talk about his offense. It's the defense that, that we're missing too. Now, I want to also bring up a player that sometimes gets talked about, but really gets overshadowed with all the Jamal talk, and that's Will Barton. And I will say this. <laughs> For a long time, I wasn't the biggest Will Barton fan. He he plays like Kobe Bryant. He forces yeah, shots. You and Jared are the Will yes, Barton haters. I, and, and I'm hey, there with you. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I'm changing my tone a little bit okay. with him because right. as he's gotten better, and if 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 shooters shoot, and Will Barton's going to fill that role, he's gotten better and more efficient at doing that. But you know where Will Barton is underrated. On the defensive side of the ball, you guys uh, have you guys heard of five thirty eight dot com? Yeah, five thirty eight for uh, if, if you guys don't know who uh, any of the listeners don't know, uh, it's a website run by Nate Silver. It's a data website, and they come up with predictions. Uh, they forecast a lot of games, things like that, and you have to spell it out. It's not the numbers; it's five thirty eight spelled out dot com. And so they Why? come up with. Why their, do you do that to people? Right. <laughs> so, so they come up with their offensive and defensive rankings, and based on individual player rankings, Will Barton this year was number seven defensively. He was the seventh best individual defender in the NBA. Yeah, so yeah. Will Barton is that's really I, that's fascinating. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Dude, when I, I saw have put that, him I was seven, but that's that's really interesting. When I that's saw cool. that, I was very surprised. I mean, so, he, look, he has some really excellent. Uh, he has like a really good nose for the ball. Yeah, uh, and, and he actually 
actually kind of is a bit of an underrated rim protector for for players of his size. Granted, he's not going to go stuff like no center, you know. Right. But, but but my point yeah, is, when he's you a good on ball defender, they use a lot of advanced data and advanced analytics with five thirty eight. So Will Barton does a ton that helps Nuggets defensively. So when you combine that with Jamal. It's a lot that the Nuggets were missing. Now, now here's a question for you guys. I got a question for you. So, um, Will Barton, who I believe the number is 19 playoff games that he has missed the last two years. Mm. Uh, he, he has been, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is, hey, you know, hate him or love him, whatever. Is he even on the, the court, right? Is Will Barton going to play? And so, here's my question to you is, I believe Will Barton has a player option for next year. Right, um, so he can choose whether or not to pick up that player option. Um, if he, you know, doesn't choose to pick it up, w- what kind of priority, or actually, irregardless to whether he picks it up or not, right? What is your priority level if you are the Nuggets front office in, in bringing this guy back? You, you, honestly, you can't. I just don't think, and I don't know the You're budget. You're saying they exactly can't bring back with Barton? Because of where they need their financial focus to be over the course of the next couple of years, I just don't see a way that you... He's going to get paid decent money. He like, like you guys have talked about, he is a playmaker. You're, you're, you're pretty strong with this. You can't bring him back. I, I just don't that, think you can afford a, it. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying I don't... And you know, I, I'm there with you. I'm not a huge Will Barton guy. And, and for me, he's a role player, and you can't you can't dish out any priority money or any priority in your hierarchy to a role player right. necessarily. No, I, I think I you got to focus going. on the direction. It's going to be difficult for you to get a guy like Michael Porter Jr. who's going to get a max contract. And I look at somebody like an Aaron Gordon coming off of a will we'll be on a contract year next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he has that that priority over a guy like a Will Barton in my mind. I actually agree with a lot of that because I believe in the NBA there's a ton of players who are in this weird category who get superstar money but don't contribute with superstar numbers. I know Will Barton puts up numbers, but he wants the kind of money for someone who can be a number one or number and two I in the playoffs. And I think he should be a sixth mm-hmm. man on this team. Or, or, or the third or fourth option scoring-wise, which he is right now, but he he wants the money as if he's going to be the number one or number two. So that could be the case is he wants... There's a ton of guys in the NBA like this, and I think they just destroy salary caps and the Nuggets, if they want to be serious about winning, so, they've got to build like Phoenix and like the Utah Jazz are doing, and that doesn't mean paying players like Will Barton. So I actually agree with a lot of that, Jared. I I, I can buy that too, and 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 agree to a certain extent. What what I think, uh, if I was in the Nuggets front office, is I, I'm hoping that they, uh, I, I'm hoping that Will Barton takes his player option. Uh, plays one more year with the Nuggets. I think next year uh, they really are going to need him. I mean, with with Jamal Murray set to miss most of the season, um, it's going to be really important to have a guy like Will Barton be healthy uh, while Jamal Mal Murray is gone. Just if nothing else, to have just another option from the perimeter, right? Another another um, and and to your point, the defender, right? Um, so I think in this particular next year, it's. I really hope that he takes Don't that player option. Don't you think he sees that, though, too? And see, he sees, wow, I could be on one of the top three or four teams in the NBA, and I get a chance to actually be that number two or number three scorer on this team in a contract year. In, in, in a, a contract, contract year. year. I, I think that there's and something to And then go try to, yeah, uh-huh. exactly, bank off of that. I, I think it's a smart move for him to come back because he could play a huge role and could be what keeps the Nuggets from truly falling off without Jamal Murray the way we saw in 
in this playoffs. Now, let, let me ask you this too. So, uh, something that was interesting uh, perked my ear when, and I know, I know to a certain extent that GMs, players, and in interviews they kind of say, you know, wh- whatever needs to be said, right? But you got to kind of try and read between the lines. So, Tim Connolly, the uh, uh, the Denver Nuggets president, what do we have his official title? I mean, president, no? president of basketball operations. Yeah. I think yeah. they just call him El Hefe. Yeah, well. <laughs> Tim Connolly's talking, and uh, he actually says that they specifically kind of ask if someone asked him about the luxury tax, uh, and it, it was kind of interesting. He specifically said, um, "You know, we have some great owners with the Cronky family, and uh, we, that have made it very clear to me and, and our team that we are under no financial restrictions to make this team better for next year." I mean, good. That's so, so that be, which yeah. is good, right? Um, well, now, I guess it remains to be seen whether or not they'll do that. But uh, so, anyways, with that. In mind, mind uh do you think the nuggets should look to make any sort of i don't know bi- bigger moves or, yeah. or uh something splashy i mean yes yeah yes absolutely i, I think the nuggets need to uh, nuggets fans who are adamant about the nugs disagree with me that they need to go get another big big name and give up whatever you can to get that don't give up you, you don't think michael porter jr is a better approach to bank on him developing into no, that because he's going to have to keep, be a part of that deal. Keep Porter, keep Jokic, trade away. Wh- who mean, are you kidding that's going to be a superstar that doesn't cost you Michael Porter Jr.? <sighs> that that That's the good question, but if you can keep Porter, keep Jokic, and get that... Look what happened yeah, when, in this look fantasy what, land. That, sure. That, that, uh, isn't that what the question was? Ideally, this is, I, this is no, ideal. So, so I think, look what I happens think when is, Chris Paul goes to the Suns. Sure, sure. That takes them from where the Nuggets are now. Well, a little bit behind, right? The Nuggets are better than where the Suns were last so year. So go get Chris but Paul? It, it puts a, or a Chris Paul, a Chris Paul type player. And All again, right. this is uh, now, uh, okay. now somebody is more fantasy land. Question than here too. <laughs> so there's 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 uh, you know there's two players out there who some NBA circles have been talking about. One of them uh, is CJ McCollum, and the other is Ben Simmons. Do either of you have any interest for any of those players? If you could make a deal and keep Porter, in theory. Not Ben Simmons. No. Everyone's been just railing on. Yeah, this guy, but right? isn't that an overreaction a little bit? I mean, this guy was highly regarded even up into the season where he was not traded at, at the end of the dead at the deadline. Yeah, but I mean the Nuggets the way the Nuggets play, adding more shooting would still be ideal. You want guys sure. who can make baskets. Sure. And ben Simmons. And yeah, took C- like CJ McCollum I think would be a great fit. Yeah, yeah CJ would be awesome. Now, now, because he's a good defender as well, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know statistically lo- where he ranks, but he seemed like that. he was a very good defender in the times I've watched him. He's uh, he's uh I wouldn't call him like a real strong defender, but he's not. He's not a bad defender. He's not Michael Porter Jr. No. So let me ask you this: Would you are you considering moving uh, Michael Porter Jr. for either of those players? No, no. you got to no. keep MPJ. All right, yeah, I I, so there's you got some valuable. There's very too. few trades that could be offered, and I don't think any that are really realistic. That to me, you would give up Michael Porter. But that fell in your lap, man. I mean, so that's see, that a, a superstar falling your lap like that. That's all you can hope for as the Nuggets. I think you have to try to ride that I think as so long too. as you can. I, I honestly, unfortunately, so I'm going to actually disagree with your uh, initial take there, Tyler, is uh, I do not think that the Nuggets look to make anything splashy, anything big, because I think because... Well, of course they're not going to... That wasn't the question. It's what they're going to do. It's what I wanted them should to do. Should they? Should they? I don't think they should. And the reason I don't think they should is because I think we've had such a small sample 
emphasize with uh, Tim Connolly and and the crew built this team right with, with once they brought the once they made that trade for Aaron Gordon they were saying hey we think that we have a chance to win a championship this year and we we saw what six games with all of them healthy nine games at most something I mean something like that so and they looked really good they looked really really good uh, I think that the Nuggets should should stay the course to be to be quite honest with you um, you know you got some X factors like Zeke uh, Zeke Naji uh, who showed some real good flashes this year, uh, showed an ability to spot shoot, play some defense. Um, you know, someone like that, I think uh, MPJ may be taking another leap. And I actually got a quick stat for you, Jared, the, the stat of the week here. Stat? Yeah. So interestingly, now, you know, it's been too long since I made a stat about my bay and boo Michael Porter Jr. So Well, you had to finish the year strong yeah. with a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I had, had to finish with one more for MPJ. So... I uh, just kind of was looking at some of the Nuggets' all-time stats, um, and it really caught my eye. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is number one for career two-point field goal percentage in the entire history of the Nuggets for career averages. Yeah, but is that minimum shots taken? Yeah, what's, what's, yeah. What are we what at? Like twelve? <laughs> yeah. Like I, okay. I mean, what? Are, but, okay, <laughs> okay. Granted, okay. Listen, granted, granted. Obviously, he he only has two years, right? Compared to other players who have much longer careers, right? But isn't that all the more impressive that out of everybody who's even played a small bit of time for the Nuggets, he has shot the greatest percentage? Do you for know what the percent shots? is? Yeah, it's a. It's just north of sixty. It's like sixty point five. Wow. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty fascinating when I was looking at that. Yeah, we'll so. see if that keeps up. That is cool right well, now. Well, and he may not keep at that level and at that ranking, but, I mean, he the, the dude doesn't miss a whole lot, and that's, that's, no, a, that's I mean, a good thing. I think what, that's not the part of his game that needs to develop. It's, it's everything else. It's ability, his ability to play in the post. Maybe a lot more shots in the two-point range would do him well to open up the the opportunities for him well, to get good. I, I would looks. like to see him uh, really improve some of his ball handling skills. Yes, yes. Because um, you know, you see someone like he gets compared to KD a lot, and, and, but you look at someone like KD. <laughs> Right, right. Well, hey, I mean, hey, he could get there. We well, don't know yet. Body He's, build uh, alone, the two are very similar. Right, they're both and the, style of play. Okay, but. KD, I mean, KD looks a little more Gumby-ish to me, but KD's got handles though. Well, I are, mean, you watch either KD of them weigh more than two hundred pounds, or uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him take that next leap as a ball handler, because because what it really seemed like was when teams uh, really crowded his space in the playoffs, and they took away any inch that he had. Um, he really struggled to to get himself open and specifically off the dribble. He yeah. was not making, he was not creating space off the dribble. So I would love to see MPJ take the next step there. Uh, Jamal Murray coming back will obviously be huge uh, to your point, Tyler. It's a domino effect. It allows uh, the rest of the players in that starting lineup to play a different role than they had to play. Uh, I mean, all the way from Aaron Gordon to Will Barton. I mean, even Demonte Morris, even to a guy like, you know, Faku Compasso, who we all like, but but not as a thirty minute uh, I've a, got a theory. guy, right? I, I think Connor loves saying his name, so he brings him up all the time just to say it. I love Faku. I, I'm a big Faku fan, but I'm a big Faku fan as like a third point guard. 
okay, you know? excuse me, sir. Fuck who? <laughs> <laughs> so and, and, uh, to, to answer the question about do they make a move, you got you guys kind of both mentioned your thoughts on that. And I, I really think Will Barton is kind of the key here. If he does pick up that option and comes back, I, I don't think there's a whole lot. I think you try to keep the band together as best you can and see if this team you built can actually go and do it. If Will Barton goes, though, I do think it's important for the Nuggets to find some other scoring threat that can be your kind of main guy off the bench. In my mind, Monte Morris should be a starter. I think he should be starting at point guard, especially early on with uh, with no Jamal Murray. But even even with, I think Jamal Murray should be starting at the two with Monte Morris at the point. You need that score off the bench. And I think Will Barton can be that guy for you. I look across this roster and I don't see that guy there for the Nuggets. No, I think uh, I think when the team is fully healthy, yeah, that that looks good to have Barton. Although, I mean, hey, we'll see, man. Barton, uh, maybe uh, I'm just like con- convinced that Barton needs to not be in the starting lineup. But yeah. Maybe I'll like him though. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, Connor, you mentioned some all-time stats, and that kind of leads us into our, our next discussion. We are gonna go through, and 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 what I brought to the guys here this week is I wanted to know across the board for the Denver Nuggets. Position by position, the best all time at each position. I think I know in my head. I I, I feel like we're going to be pretty similar on quite a few. I think we're going to have a lot but of the same. If there's a couple of things I really saw going through this process and putting this list together is, first of all, the talent that they had on these Nuggets teams in the 70s and 80s was impressive. And I think that gets forgotten a lot because they didn't win anything. It's like if John Elway would have never won the Super Bowls here in Denver, I think those teams would have gotten lost, would have gotten forgotten. So there's a lot of talent there. Also, I wanted to be a stickler with, with Tyler and Connor and tell him no switching up positions. You can't force a guy out of one position because you want him to be in your top five. Right. So, so but there's a lot of position versatility between yeah. a lot of the guys. So... You know, we're going to use our best judgment, and I think we'll call each other out if there's a blatant stretch on anything. No, we will. But just again, to clarify, we went through the entire Nuggets history. This is our starting five. Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, uh, power forward, and center. Now, I do want to ask one question before we give this. Is this the best Nuggets starting five of of all time, or... Is this our starting five that we would put on the court today to have a best shot to win? Because that to me is two different questions. Is it all-time stats, best nuggets of all time, or who would we have in our starting five today? You you mean like the players that may have had better careers away from Denver? Exactly. Am I looking at their whole... Or not even... No, I don't even mean away from Denver. I mean, if we look whole career, who was more impactful for the nuggets, or if we're making the starting five. And just to be completely honest, why I'm asking, it's because if we're looking at full-time stats, how were they for the team? At center, I would have Dikembe Mutombo. But if we're asking, who would I put as my center as the all-time nuggets starting five center? It'd be be Yoko. I think uh, we left that open to interpretation. Yeah, so. and I'm just going to deny your interpretation. You're wrong either <laughs> way. Are you kidding me? No, no, the no. The first so- MVP. No, no, we're going right into this here now, Tyler, because you're, you're not going to bring that up. No, I will you're leave not that gonna open go to awesome your, that your interpretation. So, so okay. my interpretation, the way I'm doing it, is the starting five. If I'm making a starting five to okay. put out there and it's win a the basketball game. the best starting game, five. Yes, my okay. best starting five. So then I would have Jokic as my center because I've got the best chance to win with you, him you, at center. 
center. He can the defend. The fact that you even suggested anything else. No, Dikembe Mutombo has been one of the best Nuggets of all time. I think he certainly belongs in the conversation. And let me say this. If it wasn't for Jokic winning the MVP this season, I would have Dikembe as my number one. To me, you can't have the only MVP Denver's ever had not on the list. So clearly, Jokic has to be up there. But Dikembe Mutombo had almost 12,000 points, over 12,000 rebounds, over 3,200 blocks, eight Eight-time NBA All-Star, four-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, three-time, okay, this is the big one, three-time All-Defensive First Team. This is unbelievable what he did for Denver, and during that stretch, the Nuggets won exclusively because Dikembe was defending the paint, being one of the most enfor- uh, in- in- enforcing players in the league. So, yeah, I think he the- belongs in the conversation. Yeah, no, he definitely does. So Jared over here, call me no, out for nonsense. Well, you, no, you can't. You can't start a conversation and immediately throw the reigning MVP <laughs> and, and and not throw his name out for center. Look, I, I'm sorry. That's that's and, my point. And, and, I love to guess what could I, I love to come by too. But by any definition, regardless of how you interpreted the best starting five, the MVP, there is no interpretation that. Puts Jokic outside and Dikembe Mutombo instead. But hold on, none. Just to just to be <laughs> devil's advocate, and people are going to hate me because right now you say anything negative about Jokic, and people are blocking you on Twitter and trying to get you canceled. But honestly, guys, well, so you don't have. If Twitter. it wasn't for LeBron getting injured, and then and then James Harden getting injured, don't you then, say it. Jokic was a product of everyone else getting hurt this year. I'm sorry. It's not like he was clearly the MVP. He got MVP because no one else had any other names to write down. With the way way that this happens, because it is usually a popularity contest, I don't disagree with you. But he absolutely was the MVP. It's like, okay, well, still, he was the MVP with a bit of an asterisk. I will give you Dikembe as the honorable mention because if if we were going to get fast and loose with the rules, I, I think you'd be kicking. Jokic into power forward and Dikembe would be guarding them. <laughs> right? I, I think we could probably all agree. And and let's move on to power forward. And I'll be honest, this is one that like there's some names, but there's not quite that like star power presence the way that some other positions are within right. the Nuggets. Right. So I have Dan Essel as my starting power forward for the Nuggets all time. Seven time all star, five time all ABA. He's in the Hall of Fame. Averaged 22.6 points per game, 9.1 rebounds. He's the franchise leader in free throws and rebounds for the Nuggets. I think this is a guy that kind of defines what the Nuggets were early on in their franchise history. I love this. I have Dan Issel as well. And the reason I don't have Carmelo is because Melo was a scorer and a huge liability on defense. But, but Melo was a small forward for the Nuggets. Am I no, crazy? No, he was a power forward. No, he was, he was both. He was both. Okay. okay. Was so both. Jared's going to put him at, at small. Yeah. So we'll, we'll so, talk there so when guys, we get there. I had but... it just, just to kind of put this here. I, I kind of broke it down with, with just two forwards. Okay. Right? Okay. So, because yeah, either way. To be quite honest, you they can all But, really but you all had Dan Issel on there, right? I did not. What? Oh, I did okay. not. So uh, I went he, with. I had Dan Issel because he did it all. He scored, he defended, he rebounded. I mean, if and again, if I'm st- making a starting five, Jokic at center, Dan Issel at power forward, that's a lethal. Because again, Issel is such a good all around player to me it came down to him or mellow i'm going dan Issel. so i'm going with who i i believe until Jokic rightfully dethrones him i believe that the greatest nugget of all time is uh is carmelo anthony and 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 if you wanted to make another argument for the greatest nugget of all time right now and we're gonna throw Jokic out for 
current, you know, just just for the, the moment, uh, would be my other forward, uh, which was Alex English. That, that's that that's who my but other forward English is, is a small forward for sure. He was a ball handler, right? Yeah, so, so so I if you wanted to put technically. If I, if I had to put a small what? forward, I would what? put Alex English a small forward, but and I would put Carmelo at power forward. Why do you think Melo's the best nugget of all time? What reason do you have? So he has, uh, you know, a, he he comes in. Uh, let me let me just let me set the stage for you. Carmelo comes in. Oh, wait wait, do your movie voice though, because you do a good job yeah. with that. In a world, <laughs> in a world. <laughs> no, okay. So Carmelo is drafted, right? Comes in, it drafted with what the number three overall pick, I believe. Uh, comes in right after Darko Milicic, I believe. Oh, okay, let, so let, let's speed this up. Comes We're going in, day in, by day. Here. Takes a terrible Nuggets team and, and immediately launches them to the postseason. He uh, Carmelo Anthony was here for eight seasons, and the Denver Nuggets made the playoffs eight times. Considering the decade of misery that came before Melo, who just single-handedly put this team on his back and became a playoff team. Uh, he is, you know, top 10 NBA scorer of all time. He's third all-time scorer on the Nuggets. Um, I think he was... You can make an argument that he is a top three, four, five uh, top scorer in the NBA of all time, like best uh, offensive talent. Um, I I think that, you know, he's a... Uh, Let's see. So he's an eight-time All-Star. Made made uh, no, ten, I, sorry, ten-time All-Star. He has two second All-NBA team appearances, four third All-NBA team uh, uh, appearances, and you know I just I think with what he did for the Nuggets, putting the Nuggets back on the map after just absolute terrible basketball. No, I, I agree. I put and, him and, in the argument for. I'm not saying he's definitive best of all time. Nothing like that. I'm not. I'm not that strong on this opinion, but he's definitely up there. So I, I feel like you cannot. You, I feel like it's a travesty to leave Carmelo Anthony off of your your starting five. Look, I love the Nuggets, the Nuggets years. The Nuggets had a lot of great years with with Melo, and I look back at the Melo years and I look at them fondly. I I, I have talked to a lot of people in Denver who oh, Melo, God, Melo, and they don't like him. I'm like, why would you hate on Melo? I thought I love the Melo years. I wouldn't put him actually probably in my top five Nuggets. That's why I think it's interesting. You you could make you would make the argument for best Nugget of all time. I don't. I wouldn't have him top five, but I mean, he's up there. I love Melo. And, but, and I uh, think he is a good honorable mention on this list. I, yeah. I do think he belongs in the discussion, but I think when you look at uh, some of the other players from the seventies and eighties, that those are the guys that carried those teams and made them what they were right. as well. That gets forgotten. So small forward, who do you have? Jared. Uh, I have Alex English. I have Alex English as well. And yeah. uh, so we all got Alex English there. You guys put Dan Issel in over Carmelo Anthony, yep. which, yep. uh, Hey, man, I think, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You time warp Dan Issel. That's and, what I'm doing. That's what I did with so, my top okay. five. I would put him today in the starting so, lineup so, above Melo. Right, right now, who do, yes. you think win, who do you think wins in a one-on-one game of basketball? That's not what we're doing. Okay. We're picking a starting right. five to win a game. Of course, if it's one-on-one, Melo's going to destroy. That's not what I'm doing. I'm picking in my team. My power forward needs to be an all-around player okay. who can pass the ball and, and play defense. I like it. Now, it, it, it's a good pick. Dan Issel, uh, you know I love my sabermetrics and value over replacement. Dan Issel is number three all-time for the Nuggets. So there we go. All right, I shooting like guard. It. Okay, before we get to the guards, I have to ask, how, like tight are we going shooting our point guard because pretty much all the best guards are technically point no, guards. No, it's clear to me that the point guard is going to come down to Fat Lever and Chauncey Billups who are two clear point guards. 
No, see, I, I disagree. So, but but guys like a Jamal How can Murray you even make an like argument a, like for a Jamal Murray, and I would even Jamal argue that, Murray, that Chauncey Billups can't do this. plays I, shooting guard. I I can't take this seriously if you're going to say Jamal Murray is on this. I, list. I, I'm not saying that. He's, I'm not saying he's on this list. But a I'm guy not. like that, a guy like a Chauncey Billups, played Chauncey a lot of shooting a, guard. Chauncey was point guard, and I do have Chauncey as my point guard for my shooting guard. I have David Thompson. Yeah, so the Skywalker, baby, Skywalker. Hell yeah. Four-time All-Star. I have David yeah. Thompson, too. How hey, we you? all have exactly. David Thompson, okay. the shooting guard. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We are very similar through this whole thing. So, point guard then. Wait, wait. Can we just say a yeah, little bit? Ahead. A little just all love to David Thompson here. So, this is a guy right here who played five full seasons with the Nuggets, six total. Um, and in that amount of time, uh, I believe... Um, he, he had a 70-point game, I believe. He had a 70-point game. He averaged like 26 points. He was a scoring champion a couple times. He had a couple uh, first-team All-NBA. The man, uh, unfortunately, had some uh, off-field uh, drug issues, and, and you know his career was uh, sadly ended short. But hey, just going to give a little love to David Thompson because and I think no- if it hadn't have been for those issues, you might be talking about David Thompson as the greatest nugget of all time. And the, and, uh, the Nuggets retired number 33, his yep. number. So. So there you go. So hey, we, we do. I, I like how we agree on that. That's good. That's we got to get to point guard. I want to see what Connor was smoking before the show because to me, it's, it's yeah, it's clear for point guard. It's got to be Chauncey or you're going to say Allen Iverson, aren't Fat you? Lever. Oh my he god, he is. He's, oh my he is, god. Dude, you, you, okay, Skip Bailey, let's go ahead. You got the floor. <laughs> you, you got right. the floor. Go. Let, now, let, let me, me hear why. Let me let me let me get break this yeah, down. Yeah, you got things. it. All right. So this one was was hard for me. Here, okay? you get the Vic Fangio music for this one. Go ahead. I'm going to need you to to cue the Vic Fangio (laughs) music for a second, all right? Uh, No, okay. So, listen, this was a tough decision for me, okay? I definitely looked... Uh, you know, I definitely looked at like you did, Fat Lever, and I also looked at Chauncey Billups, uh, and I looked at Allen Iverson. Right? I was try. I put a lot of thought into into these three. So, uh, let me just read you real quick. Uh, well, you're right there. Jared's, Jared's knocking <laughs> microphone. He's using it as a weapon. Okay. So here we go. Let me let me just read to you the career stats from Fat Lever. Okay. Thirteen point nine points per game. 6.0 rebounds and 6.0 assists. You are going to tell me that a 13-6-6 six, six guy is the greatest point guard in Denver Nuggets history? That's what you're going to tell me? You're gonna, I'm uh, telling you, if I started fat. a team today, he would be in the discussion. Fat Lever was more than the stats, okay? He was far more than the stats. He was a great defender, and those assists were okay. skewed because later in his career where he handled the ball a lot more, he passed the ball great. So, no, Fat Lever, and we've got a great Fat Lever bobblehead here in studio. That's that. That's just a little upgrade so for So let you. me also just give you here, so three, four, five, six. We have t- uh, he had 10 years. Fat Lever had 10 years playing in the NBA, okay? In his 10 years, he managed two NBA All-Star teams. Two in okay. 10 years. He averaged one All-NBA team and it was a second team. He uh, that's it. That's his that's his awards and accomplishments, okay? He averaged 13 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He had one NBA All-Second team and two All-Star games in 10 years. I think that now, we're, now let me just read you. Connor. Now, now let me just get you here who I consider one of the... Hold the, on. We're, we're skewing his stats. Okay. We're completely skewing his stats. Later in Fat Lever's career, when he was starting consistently for the Nuggets, he was known as the first, the NBA's first triple-double master. He essentially introduced the entire world to the triple-double. The idea that he was some average player is incorrect. No. So he had three years. I, I will give you this. He had three years with the Nuggets where he averaged 
averaged uh, 18, 19 points, respectively, and, and eight to nine rebounds, right? He, he had three years, okay? I will give him that. He had three years where he was essentially averaging like 18 and a half, nine rebounds, and eight assists, okay? And that's solid, but, okay? But that's so, solid, but so, to put him the greatest at all time. Yeah, he's better than AI, better so, than AI. So let me, now, let me now read off to you just a little, little AI history oh, here, here all right? <laughs> this is the base. You're, you're such a baseball guy just going with these stats. You're such a numbers all guy. Right. So Allen Iverson has a NBA Most Valuable Player Award, 11-time NBA. NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, three... Okay, I know. That doesn't Read that matter. Last let me, let me one. throw that You're one out. You're just trying to bolster this up. <laughs> he right. has two cats. He's got three dogs. He, All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me let and me a partridge in right? a pear tree. <laughs> so so Allen Iverson has an MVP award, an NBA MVP. He yeah. has a he's an 11 time All Star, two uh, three time All NBA first team. Um, he was the NBA Rookie of the Year. He was the NBA uh, uh, for a scoring championship, a uh, scoring champion for four times, and the three-time NBA Steals Leader. Okay, uh, Allen Iverson patented the crossover. All right, he was absolutely. Oh, do you think he's made a lot of money on that? He got it started. No, but but he absolutely was absurd with the crossover uh, in terms of talent. And hey, I kind of took this Tyler to be fair the same way you did, right? So yeah. it really was okay. It was tricky for me to try and figure out, am I going to put in Fat Lever? Am I going to put in Chauncey Billups? Am I going to put in uh, Allen Iverson? And so when you're asking me, I kind of took it the way you did, which is, hey, if I wanted to assemble the five nuggets that I want to just like dominate a game, right? I want Allen Iverson uh, as my point guard, not Fat Lever, because guess what? Even beyond that, I have Jokic to be the facilitator man. I, I don't need Jokic tiny version to be the point guard. I need Allen Iverson to be able to do some ISOs and be able to do some pick and pops. So I am taking Allen Iverson as my point guard. Fat Lever, all due respect to him, okay? But I am not putting him as number one overall. I want Allen somebody who will pass the ball. Get the, yeah, I want Chauncey. Get it out of his head. I want the leader. I need the general yeah, out yeah. there. And it's Allen Chauncey. Iverson is it's not Chauncey. the general. There are too many scores out here for AI to get his looks. That was even an issue just playing with Melo. He didn't have <laughs> enough still looks to go around. He averaged 26 points okay. a game with the Nuggets. Hey. Okay. Like Tyler said, those were some of the fondest memories, at least for those of us, you know, we're all in our early 30s. That's that's it. That's what we remember. Otherwise, it was garbage pretty much that we remember watching. So those were some fun times. And and Allen Iverson was a great player. But to put him ahead of Chauncey, (laughs) the homegrown kid, I mean, come on. I I I love Chauncey Billups. I love Chauncey Billups. It was really hard, like I said, between Fat Lever, Chauncey Billups, and Allen Iverson. But... When you consider just the body of work that Alan, I, I mean, how dominant this guy was. No, you know what? To Connor's, so to, to Connor's point earlier, I concede. Connor's right. I forgot completely that Allen Iverson, uh, an NBA uh, all-star, had a good crossover. You're right. Sorry, <laughs> Connor. Yeah. Pack the crowd. Yeah. graded. Yeah. Greatest Mike, crossover. M- Mike drop. Yeah. I forgot the guy had a good crossover. Oh, no. Not good. The greatest oh, okay, crossover. Right. Mm, all right, the world's uh, greatest. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just saying, uh, Allen Iverson, man. For me, so, for me, is 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 who I'm putting on a team if I want to dominate your team. Let's leave it up to a vote. Let's let the listeners vote this week. Let's put a poll out there. Who's the best point guard of all time? Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, Fat Lever. Let's see what the people have to say. What do you right. think, Connor? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that Chauncey gets ninety percent of the vote. I agree. I Cha- agree. Cha- that that could be the case. Yeah. And, and hey, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to hate on it. I would actually put Chauncey as like we, well, one you, of the greatest like Colorado so, 
like athletes. You so, know what I mean? So like if, I love the fact that he played for CU and if we think that he's going to get too much of the vote, should we just change the poll to like the best forward? If that's going to be more fair, more more spread out, because we could do Alex English, Dan Issel. No, why don't we do Mello. both? Why don't we do both? Two polls. Two polls. Oh, that's. I mean, okay. Hey, you guys are the social yeah, media I, I, experts. I, I, okay, they don't even let me. You touch want to the do account. two polls? We'll do two polls. All right. Yeah. No, hey, I, I know Chancho will get some love, and rightfully so, man. Yeah. He is he is Mister so Basketball have, here in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, he deserves okay. it. And actually, if you're talking about the greatest nugget point guard of all time, like goat status, like like in terms of like. Uh, if you're including backpedal and back, yeah, how about this greatest Colorado point guard of all time? I'm gonna put Chauncey Billups. See, there, all right. See, okay. Let's let's end <laughs> this before we can backpedal anymore. Again, guys, if you're listening, go. Obviously, you're listening. If you're here, uh, go follow us at Red Rock Sports One. We'll have these polls available. Best point guard all time for the Nuggets and best forward all time. I think I think we all we talk Tyler into the center. I don't think there's any need for discussion. There. Jokic. I think, I think we talk Tyler into it's that. More. It must be Nicole Jokic. The MLB All-Star <laughs> Game hits Denver July 13th. We're finally kind of getting to that point. Votes are coming in. I think there's like a first round of uh, voting for fans. And so I always find it intriguing to see where the fan voting is coming in. You know, sometimes it is a little bit skewed. But uh, I just wanted to peek on there and see, first of all, how many Rockies? Zero. One. Oh, zero. Don't we get one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the fan voting, you get so that shows the top three. And this is paramlb.com. It shows you like the top oh, three course. in each position. No on the Rockies. Yeah, no Rockies. But there were a few familiar faces on there. One, DJ LeMahieu. <laughs> it's all extra. likely to make his uh, next All Star game. Uh, yeah, Nolan Arenado, oh believe it or not, is is an All Star. And one that is not actually directly related to the Rockies, but I loved seeing it, Bo Bichette. And I can honestly say I don't follow baseball outward outside of the the Rockies enough to know. But is is he legit, Boba? No, no, he's he really, is. He play, doesn't he play uh, for Texas? Tr- no, Toronto, 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 the that's Blue right. Jays. And actually, yeah. you know, he plays with uh, Kevin Biggio, who is uh, Craig huh. Biggio's kid. That's so what? Cool. Like everybody that was an MLB yeah. star when we were kids <laughs> oh, just had no, kids. And, and guess and, who else? Guess who else? Vlad yes, Guerrero Jr. And he's Jr. Yeah. So there you go. We got a uh, three legendary. Which Vlad Guerrero also, I believe, will be an All Star. He's got to be one of the top top. Oh yeah. Yeah, no know. doubt. Yeah, he's leading the MLB in home runs, I believe. So, no, it's uh, uh it's it's sad. So, the Rockies, but you know what? Hey, I am not doing a Dick's Dollars this episode. You want to know why, Jared? Why is that? Because I'm gonna just one time give the Rockies just a little credit, okay? Just one time. All right, I know it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. Uh, but the Rockies are on a streak right now where they are, uh, I believe, nine and nine over the last eighteen games. Oh, Hey, they went on a streak of like five, six in a row. I know last they're week, really killing so, uh, my over one hundred loss thing here. <laughs> yeah, We're down hey, to a ninety five loss projection. Yeah, but you know what? They could still uh, end up with the worst road record in baseball history. So they're still that. This is you giving Jared. them props. But <laughs> you know what? There is uh hey, there is six teams. Count them six MLB teams with more losses than the Colorado Rockies. So what have we done here? <laughs> the bar has, has fallen. Hey, so I I at the beginning of the year thought they would be the worst team in baseball baseball so actually they are greatly exceeding my expectations you see what you guys do you yeah. see what you guys do yeah. you intentionally make the the bar so low that now they're the sixth worst team in baseball and we're celebrating hey we haven't Woo-hoo! talked rockies in a while <laughs> so uh when they go on a five six game winning streak i can't even i think it was five so I, I keep wanting to say six but it was five it was five you can't stretch <laughs> that out. you can't stretch it so you you mentioned tyler every mlb team which just if this isn't like 
every everyone gets a participation trophy. I don't know what it is, but every MLB team is guaranteed one roster spot on their uh, you know their division's uh, all star team. So, who's the Rockies all star? Ryan McMahon, no doubt. Yeah. No I, doubt. Any thoughts for Romano Tapia? He's no. been playing really well. No, he's at about uh, I think one point four wins above replacement, which uh, barely puts him at like Ryan. Uh, I mean, that barely puts him at like Hampson, <laughs> Garrett Hampson, who who is about there. Uh, the only the only Rocky who has any sort of uh, you know wins above replacement uh, that's respectable, is, it, to be honest, is is Ryan McMahon. He has sixteen home runs. I think he's hitting about two sixty. Um, He's doing well. Okay. Uh, he has th- a, co- a few stolen bases. You know, R- Rymel Tapia is nice too. But uh, you know, I mean, he's hitting three hundred. He's the only three hundred hitter on the Rockies. I think he has eight stolen bases off the top of my head. Um, but no, no, it has to be Ryan McMahon. He has sixteen homers. He's he, leading in OPS, leading in wins above replacement. It's got to be him. So yeah, does, I think does so that too. mean the clock is ticking on trading Ryan McMahon? <laughs> I mean, right? right? It's I mean, got to be the next you. logical. <laughs> what are we over yeah. under a year and a half? Here? Uh, I mean, 1. obviously, yeah. the, as soon as the Rockies players start doing well, they uh, the clock begins now. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, I was listening to the the MLB Network, and uh, they were kind of talking about trade targets, and maybe you know we'll we'll bring this up a little bit on on the next show, maybe as uh, kind of the trade deadline. Maybe not next show, but in the next couple shows, as the trade deadline comes closer, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Rockies make any sort of seller moves. Um, specifically, obviously, everyone's watching with Trevor Story. Uh, see, right. you know, and he's not having a great year by his standards, but um, he's done enough to where you know I think he's probably uh, he's probably not the Rockies' most valuable piece right now, though. Uh, I think that honor goes to Herman Marquez. I think, I, I, yeah, I would agree uh, with that yeah. statement. I think there's a lot of teams that would want him. Um, I don't think the Rockies move on from him. I don't think they move on from any of their pitching. It's so hard to get pitchers to come to Colorado to play. Uh, I don't think they do that. I, I actually want to bring you bring that up, and I know you're an avid baseball fan, and I, I want to get your take. This is a little outside of, of, of our realm with the Rockies and stuff since our pitching staff sucks. Um, but the the pitching and uh, the the banned substances for pitching that the MLB oh, yeah. just implemented. What are your thoughts on this? I've <laughs> I've heard some weird mixed reactions I, to I, it. I like it because look, I'm an ex pitcher. Connor's an ex pitcher, so I don't love the rule for pitchers because obviously it's you gonna, out. But obviously, well, I was not a great hitter, <laughs> so you probably would have. But obviously, it, it's going to be uh, not a good thing for pitchers and, and movement. I like offense. I like excitement. I want I want more runs in baseball. So I like the change just from a, a point of view of hopefully we get more scoring. Well, and is it really a change? I mean, I mean, it is for some pitchers. I mean, I think it's going to uh, be a pretty be. substantial change. I thought this change. was always illegal. But no, it is. No, you weren't that naive. Yeah, you mean, were not that. Okay, no, so, come on, Jerry. So apparently they had to but it specify has been, it has been things always, like sunscreen. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so here's the thing is, uh, baseball over the past, I don't know, man, what, what do you want to call it? 50, 60 years? It, it kind of goes through these cycles where there always ends up, be, uh, they kind of end up having these these things that that like you know they're kind of um i don't want to say 
Ah, okay, so they're kind of like loopholes, right? That that teams are taking advantage of a little bit of a, right. a leeway it's in the rules. Forever in yeah, baseball, uh, forever, steroid, literally the steroid forever. Era and, was and, a great. And, and so then what happens mm-hmm. is it starts taking kind of a little bit. It gets too big, starts taking a little bit too much impact, making too much impact on the game, and people start going, whoa, 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 whoa. What about this? And then the MLB comes and they crack down. But on you know it. what it's happened, happened with spitballs? You know what happened this time? It was the specific substance called. Spider Tack, right? And right. they and they called the distributor and asked the distributor if they sent it to teams. And I guess ten teams had had this Spider Tack sent to their clubhouse, right? And 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 so it was one substance that made it so much over the top that everyone's like, okay, this is getting out of hand. Are and you surprised at how quickly the MLB stu- stepped in and and acted? I. I don't recall the MLB ever pushing something through mid-season like this. Uh, it's it's happened, man. I mean, uh, there was uh, I forget the name of the pitcher in the the seventies, man. I, I love it though. This down. I love it. But there there was uh so so it went with with spitballs, right? That was like the big thing, and then and then they start cracking down that. Then there was um people started scuffing the ball. Uh, there was a knuckleball pitcher that used to always scuff his ball, and man, I'm uh, I wish you would have uh, <laughs> reminded me. Tim Wakefield. No, it wasn't Wakefield. Um, That's the only knuckle yeah, Me pitches. too. I know. <laughs> and let me no. say, on MLB 2005, I tore it up with Tim Wakefield on the, on the Red Sox. Unhittable. Oh, yeah. We actually had a rule. Like, no, no, you can't <laughs> pitch with Wakefield. Like, I, you just can't. But, yeah, uh, well, so I don't know. These things kind of pop up yeah. from baseball but, uh, from time uh, yeah. to time. I'm all for it. No, I'm I, hey, fan. I'm like you. I think yeah. it's, uh, hey, it, it's great when teams are hitting. <laughs> you know, hit, hitting is good. And... Um, you know, it's interesting. There's actually been some talk about uh, doing something more to, to make more hitting. They're, they're actually talking about lowering the mound a little bit. So yeah, I would well, love uh, all that. Well, you want to talk about with baseball and their history and changing the rules and stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but once upon a time, we didn't have a mound. So that would be almost going back to the right. true <laughs> origins, not changing the game. We don't want to bring in computers because it changes the yeah, game. I don't you know. know. It'd be cool. So it's, it's interesting. No, it, it is. But look, we'll back- say, hey, if anyone gets caught, it's a 10 game suspension. Uh-huh. Uh, and here, here's the interesting thing. You get suspended for this. Uh, you Your team cannot fill the roster spot. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I so so it's actually a little bit of a double penalty, if you will. Yeah. You you can't play for ten games, and then the team fills it. So getting back to the Rockies, though, to wrap up this baseball discussion, you know, you guys had mentioned, do the Rockies make moves? What happens here? And I think it's rather concerning what the Rockies have done recently in the draft, trading players away. I know we got a couple pieces back in the Nolan trade, but <laughs> as of uh, the end of March, so not too long ago. MLB.com came out with their quarterly uh, farm system rankings. The Rockies are ranked 28th out of 30 for yeah. farm system. So not a lot of talent in the pipeline. That's very concerning. Not it's good. Not, and they've no. flopped. They've actually flopped in the last couple of years on some big talent that they had. So they, I mean, they've been moving down on that list. You have Brendan Rodgers. You have guys like Riley Pint who were drafted really high, had really high expectations. They had really good grades, and they are just struggling. Yeah, he, he's so. playing like Riley Court these days. Yeah, so... Yeah. No, it, it is. It, it is actually... It is really disturbing. So, well, and, I mean, you got a Colton Welker who's doing, you know, decent down there. Uh, but it, still, it's, I, mean, it's I mean, the idea that <laughs> you can't good. trade pieces away and have that comfort of, of bringing players up... Well, that's what the, the Rockies always had. They right. always had that, that talent in the pipeline that's, oh, no, we can get rid of these guys because of what's coming through there. That was I just look their, at other teams... The way they spun it. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jared, but I, I just look at other teams who have a similar situation to the Rockies look at Tampa Bay 
Tampa's playing in arguably the worst or the worst, the best division in right, baseball. Right. They're not spending a whole lot of money. They're getting results. They're competing this year like they have for the last couple of years. And they're number one in the farm system. You look at a team like that, it's like, come on. I mean, the Rockies are swinging and missing over and over, pardon the pun there. And, and right now, of all the teams in Denver, I mean, this isn't a surprise to anybody, but it's not even close. The Rockies are so far away from from being competitive. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, far, it's so, th- so much further away than the Broncos. You know, look where the Broncos are, are right now in a tough AFC West. The Broncos are one or two pieces away from being very good. Well, and just look how far they've fallen. That's the other thing, right? We, we talk about the Avalanche going from so low to going from a terrible team to the best. Uh, the Rockies now, granted, they weren't the best, but they have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. They had five years ago, we're talking about, hey, right. this team is a top they 15 farm system. No, seriously, we're, we're talking, yep. hey, this team's a top 10 pitching staff in the NL. Right. I mean, that's what we're talking about we're in the major leagues. Great young players. We're talking about great young core, core yep. good pitching staff. We got some, some hitters. We got, and not only that, but to your point about the the minor league pipeline, five years ago the Rockies were considered a top fifteen uh, for for the minor league uh, system. So we, I mean, the Rockies have fallen. It man, be it un- has been a, f- a free fall. It should. I don't blame at all the fans who have been railing on social media. Fire Jeff Breidich. The Rockies need to make changes. They deserve every <laughs> bit of it. I, I don't blame the fans. You know, so. when you look at what's left of this roster, it. it it's actually shocking when you do think back to, I think it was like 2017, 2016, wherever it was, when they really kind of, the the bar got set high, where they finally had some expectations, and just, just to see what has come of that. You look at where, like, say the Avalanche or the Nuggets are, where you're, you're projecting forward this three or four year window and what they could do with this talent to think if they came away anywhere close to where the Rockies are right now, how disappointed you would be. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's a one. Of, uh, I mean, hey, and to all those out there, trust me, I was there on Twitter with you saying fire Jeff Breidich. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> I am all for it. I was I was disgusted at just the way that the team was managed. But there's one thing that you cannot take away from from what they did. People say, hey, spend money, go do your thing. They did that. That's almost worse, but they did. They went out and they purchased. They put the most money into a bullpen in MLB history. In entire history of the MLB, the Rockies of a couple years ago had the most money tied up with uh, relief pitchers in the bullpen. I mean, that's what they thought yeah. they needed. They went out and got it, and they just failed miserably. How do you so, miss on every, every single one of them? Man. One of them. <laughs> anyway, so, hey, probably a long way off from competing, but in uh, honor I, of their mini streak, I will uh, skip the Dick's dollars uh, for this episode. I do want to bring that discussion up for another day, just looking at a whole of the, the Colorado sports teams and ranking that. Who is closest to winning a championship? Who's furthest away? Right. Because I think from sport to sport, it does vary so greatly when you look at I mean, I think one or two pieces can yeah. make that difference. Good all-season you know? topic, for sure. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll all agree, though. I, th- I think we probably to be quite honest maybe a debate for two and three i don't think so all right see this is here you got a game for us yeah before we get out of here tyler showed up with a game he was prepared he he was missing last week but he is prepared yeah so uh all right this game it's it i love uh i love game day right so all right let's get to it so this game is called name that coach all right so here's how here's how we play I'm going to give you guys 
a time in Denver sports history, and you simply tell me who was the coach of that team during the time. Now, we have some uh, buzzers. You guys are going to buzz in when you answer, and I, and uh, it's going to be obvious, hopefully, who's in, and, and we can go to video replay if we need. Connor, that's your sound. Jared, what's your sound? Jared sound Jared sound like someone is flatlining on the Indian in, in, like an ambulance. Jared sounds like a robot. Is I like the idea that I could just keep I could just keep holding it just in case I'm not getting the 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 time I need to discuss. Connor said it points. sounds like a robot farting. All right, so Connor once again, Jared. All right, now that we know the sounds, let's get to the game. All right, who was the manager of the Rockies? When they played the 2007 National League, Connor. Clay Hurdle. That is correct. Nice job. All right, Connor is 1-0. Question number two. Who was the coach of the 2009 Denver Nuggets when they went to the Western Conference Final? Damn it. George Carl. That was barely Connor, and yes, you have it correct. Connor (laughs) is up 2-0. All right. Who was the coach? Of the first two Denver Broncos Super Bowls. <laughs> Ooh, that was really close. I'm going to give Jared that oh, one. Oh, that is weak. I need it. Come on, give me one. That is weak. Mike Shannon. There we go. Oh, All God. right. We got 2-1. Connor still with the lead. Who was the coach of the Broncos' second Super Bowl? Connor. Oh, God. <laughs> second Super Bowl win? The, the second Super Bowl victory. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm so sorry. Let me, let me. <laughs> who was the coach of the Broncos uh, third Super Bowl? Oh. I'm just screwing this up left and right. Now, hold on, hold on. Let's go to the, the, the review here. I don't, did I give Connor a fair shot there? Because Connor did get it initially. Connor, did you know what question I was asking? I was or, wondering if it was the next Super Bowl winning coach for the right, Broncos right. after Mike Shanahan. Right. That that's but I think Jerry well, got it. Right, I'm gonna right, be yeah. honest. I think Jerry got it. I'm gonna okay. hey, I'm gonna be honest. Unlike you on the last question, where I clearly <laughs> got it first, but I'm gonna be honest on this question. That I was don't Jared. care. I'm in it to win it. Man. All right. It was Gary Kubiak, my man. Uh, it was Gary Kubiak, my and man I Koops. thought that I would trick you guys, and I thought you would have said John Fox. Uh, he was the loser he in uh, Seattle. La who the her? Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got two more. Okay. Who was the manager? The last time the Rockies made the playoffs. Connor. We are going to go with Jim Tracy. Incorrect. No, no, I know it is. I know it is. God dang it. I know it is. Jared, would you like to answer? Is it Walt Weiss? No, it was Bud Black. Black. Bud Black. Hey, wait. You got to let me try and steal. No, you don't get to steal. You missed Uh, it. But then I get to steal it back. (laughs) You can steal it back. I knew it had been a few years. Bud Black. It is Bud Black. It was against the uh, Milwaukee. And you guys are trying to tell me he's the worst coach in Denver. Yeah, they should have made it out of here. They should have made it farther. All right, last one. I saved the tough one for last. Now you guys are 2-2. This is for the championship. Oh, God. Last one. Who was the coach of the Colorado Avalanche's first Stanley Cup winning team? I thought so. And we're both going to freeze on it. It's, I thought it's, so. Mark Crawford. Ah, uh, there you Mark go. Mark Crawford, 96. Yeah. So there you go. You guys, 2-2. It came down to it. You get a tie, like in soccer. Uh, th- this is not good. Yeah. All right. Know. No, you know, you know, you know what we can do to... Uh, 
We gotta do lightning round. Oh, the, or something. the studio audience, hang on, oh, folks. Is, all right, all right, this here. Is something. We'll do a uh, overtime. I've got here <laughs> in front of me. You guys know geeks who drink? Yeah. <laughs> okay, geeks who drink is like uh, Connor. Explain to everyone what geeks who drink is. Oh, it's like a, a, a trivia that that happens at like bars across exactly. America. Bars, breweries across yeah. the. Usually country. involving pop culture of some sort. I have a geeks who drink book right here, so I'll, I'll give you guys questions. This is what you do while we're recording. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So whoever gets, I'll, I'll give you a series of questions. The first one to answer any of these right wins, okay? A bird named Poe is the mascot for what NFL team? That's going to be Connor. Woohoo! That would be the Ravens. That is correct. Winner! Oh, Winner. thank Chicken you. dinner. Thank you. Thank you. Touche. Uh-huh. Touche. There Good, go. sir. Yeah. And that does it for <laughs> Name That Coach. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that was fun. I, I I do enjoy the games. We had to, you know, get a little away from some of the series talk. We've had playoffs. Connor, had, I'm muting you. You're gonna, you're gonna have to. Uh, you're every, muted. You're gonna have to force this button from my hands. <laughs> Connor's gonna bring that on every episode. Yeah, now. right. Uh, excuse. I, I, oh, and you got mine too. I thought, in. Yes, I thought you're both I was muted. gonna drop. You're both one muted. On you. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Fine. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure if you haven't already, go find us on Twitter. We're at Red Rock Sports One, and we're here each and every week. We record Tuesdays. Shows release on Wednesdays. We're going to keep having some fun here as we go into the offseason, get some games, get some fun different discussions going until things turn start to turn around. We get some fun uh, action going from maybe the Rockies? We'll I don't see. know. Probably wait until Broncos season before we get any of that action. For Connor Holskamp, Tyler Walgie, I'm Jared All. Thanks for tuning in to the Red Rock Sports. Thank you. Thank you.